You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident finalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So a couple things. We are going to stay on schedule, as I'm sure you can see by the title. I keep forgetting that you can read that. I'm going to start titling all these, It's a Surprise. Because I feel the need to tell you what we're talking about today. Although I never actually, which is the weirdest thing. I don't know what we're talking about and you do. And I'm trying to explain something that I don't know and you do. It's actually how I feel at work. I fix things for a living, and oftentimes I fix things that the person who is using it knows how to use and more about this thing than I do. All right, I'll, I'll, um, I'll end the mystery for you all. I've, I repair medical equipment, which means doctors and nurses who use these pieces of machinery eight hours a day, every day of their lives, call me, who has never seen this ever, maybe a couple times, and they say, hey, it's not doing that thing. And I'm like, oh, it's not doing the thing? Are you serious? Oh, I hate that. The thing with the thing? You know, I just I was talking to my buddy the other day about the, the about that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does. But I got to fix it. Sometimes I got to fix it with a lot of people standing around and a patient laying on a table. And I'm all gowned up in surgical attire. On my hands and knees, looking at it going, sheesh, you know, if I only just, if this thing, I, you know, I think if I maybe, it's, it's, I'm just saying, that's how I feel sometimes, doing the thing. Today, we're going to talk about, uh, and you already know because you read the title, so this is, I don't know if it's, if it's as interesting to you as it is for me, but it's a very strange thing. I should probably stop trying to explain things to you, but I feel the need to do it, so I'm going to keep doing it. It's my show, and I will run it how I choose. But today we are doing the interview, which means for the first time ever, I have actually planned out several episodes in a row and stuck to that schedule. So, big round of applause for me on that one. Thank you very much. Speaking of um, things that I do, it has now been requested of me twice. And usually people send me requests, and I ignore it because it's like, nah, nobody cares about that. And then I get more than one, and it's like, all right, I'll explore it. For the second time yesterday, somebody said, what would be interesting is if somebody interviewed you. Now, I'm not going to put that on this show, but just as an FYI, I've tentatively agreed to do that. But what I'll probably do is put it up on social media, Facebook group, Instagram, etc., etc. So anyways, if that's any bit interesting to you, again, make sure you get in the Facebook group, like the page, all that stuff. I don't know the logistics of it. I don't really care because I'm... Again, I think it's weird, but there has been, uh, the, the people want it, man. The people want it, and I'm going to give it to them. So make sure that you are doing that. I do have Instagram. It's Packernet Podcast. 
Um, Packernet Podcast is the Facebook group. Packernet Podcast is the Facebook page. There's a pattern here. I'm not super creative, but I'm consistent. So I feel like if you want to find me somewhere, probably the best way to do it outside of Twitter, which is pack underscore daddy, as I say every day at the beginning of the show. What else? Uh, big shout out to everybody with all the recommendations for recipes. Again, I am dead serious about doing it. The only slight complication is I don't know exactly how to go about making these videos because I not only am making my own fancy little cookbook, but I want to have some sweet videos to go along with it. On top of that, I happen to be on a diet, which makes it very hard for me to go out and do all these things and then be like, well, it's, that's not really very healthy. I probably shouldn't eat this. So I didn't, I didn't plan it all that well. But I'm sure there's a couple that I can do in the in the uh, in the meantime. And I figure by 2024 I'll be lean enough to uh, start the bulking phase, you know. So then I can start eating unhealthy foods. So we'll we'll get there. Also want to shout out Jason Lindstrom. Um, I had said that I wanted some help with people sharing the show, and I've had different people reach out and let me know that they've been doing that, and I really do appreciate that because that really is the most important thing. I just want people to know that this show exists. And so he reached out and he's like, "Hey man, just letting you know." I know a guy who runs a big Packers Facebook group. He's going to let me put up a post. He wrote out like these two long, detailed messages and whatever. Let me decide which one was best. Put a lot of work into this. And so with approval from an admin in this group, he posted my podcast and said, hey, you know, give it a listen. Give it a look. Apparently, the person running that, and because Jason's a good guy, he wouldn't give me the name of the group so that I could chastise them on this show which probably is the wrong thing to do, but, you know, so is being a Nazi. But, you know, that's not my business. Not only booted Jason out of the group and deleted that thing, but booted the admin that allowed it. Just crazy to me. I have two Facebook groups. I've had multiple. I, I had a dieting Facebook group that had thousands of people in it that I recently actually just sold, but that's a separate. Bottom line is, I don't delete anything. I mean, the, the diet one, had every post was spam, and I had to delete a lot of nonsense. But it's it's every other day, hey, man, I got this podcast, is it okay if I post it? Like, yeah, I don't care, dude. If it's related to what we're doing, if you have an NFL Draft podcast, why wouldn't I let you post your NFL Draft podcast in the group? It's related to what we're doing here. I don't care. But some of these groups, man, they ban everything. You go into some of these groups, and they've got 75 paragraphs about their rules, about be nice, don't say bad words or you're out of here don't say mean things or you're out of here dude we're grown-ups what is wrong with you there's arguments all the time and even in you know as the packernet group has gotten bigger people start to argue more guess what oh well i think only one time have i ever banned anyone it was in a uh, my draft group and very rarely does anything even get reported because again grown-ups don't feel the need to report stuff very often Somebody called me a bad name, (laughs) but this particular person actually threatened to kill somebody, so I booted them from the group. That is kind of where I draw the line. But anyways, again, just a a general thing. It's your group, you run it how you want. But this this is exactly the reason why I despise Reddit. I can't post anything, I can't do anything. There was even, I think I even went on there and they told me you gotta stop commenting, because you don't, you haven't built up enough you know, whatever, to comment so much. Like, what? what is with all this dumb rules? Oh my gosh. Everything is moderate this, and you can't post anything. And I mean, I couldn't even post, like, Packers.com articles because you haven't been here long enough. Like, what are you talking about? What can I do here other than just peruse and lurk? 
The rules are ridiculous. It's just, as the kids say, it's a bunch of Karens. Just rules and rules and rules and rules and how dare you. But again, I will simply say, okay, Karen, and move on. But anyways, again, thanks to Jason for trying, and thanks to everybody else that's done something similar, whether it's trying to post in a group or talking to your friends. Or I've literally had several people tell me that they've turned on the podcast while on a road trip and basically just forced everybody in the car to listen to the show. (laughs) Whatever your tactics, I appreciate that. And as always, there are links in the description to uh, be able to help out in different ways. I've got Patreon and whatnot. Um, Leaving a review on iTunes is very helpful. Five star, obviously, is appreciated. And and as always, and I mentioned this before, I got a one star review uh, about six-ish months ago. And it actually did help me quite a bit. I'm very open to criticism. I would just prefer you come to me and tell me why my show is bad as opposed to trying to ruin everything I've worked for by giving me a bad review. Again, don't be a Karen. Come tell me what's wrong with my show. I'm going to get you canceled. I mean, to be fair, you have a miserable life, so you're already suffering. But still, don't try to make everybody else miserable, okay? Believe it or not, some of us are happy out here. We're, we're, we're doing good. It's getting nice outside. It's almost 70 degrees here in Wisconsin. Could go outside and it didn't hurt. Super happy about that. Been grilling almost every day. I got my lukewarm coffee with Splenda. Lukewarm instant coffee with Splenda. Life is glorious. Be happy, okay? Just be nice. I'm not mandating that. Just suggesting it. It's going to be good for you, I promise. But anyways, there's literally an infinite number of ways to help. I've even got people that are helping me personally. Shout out to JJ if you go to the Facebook group. I think he's just uploading right now a new logo that he has created himself. There's no limit. Anything, any level of involvement you want to get into. I even got somebody who might be calling in to the Packernet podcast to leave uh, drunk voicemails. Because maybe some of them will be useful for the show. Hey, whatever it is you can offer, you know, it's all appreciated. We all have our own talents. For some of us, it's doing graphic arts. For others, it's uh, being able to be drunk at 3 in the afternoon. Find your gift and show show the world. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Scott. Anyways, I feel like I've rambled long enough. These interviews aren't very long. so This is also me doing a test drive of my new podcast, which is me just rambling about random things. Which, I'm not going to lie, is kind of appealing. I do like going on tirades, and if I expand out beyond sports... There's no limit to the amount of things I can be angry at, which is just great. And if that sounds interesting to you, last comment, and we'll, we'll get on to the real world here. I will begin working on that project as soon as you invite five people, and all of you invite five people, and um, I can leave my job where I pretend to know how to fix medical equipment. And, <laughs> I'm kidding, I do do a good job, okay? Just sometimes you gotta learn on the fly. But as soon as I can leave that occupation, I will begin my new podcast, Ryan's Rants, or whatever. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> the Rant Daddy. <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's... I'm sorry. I've just lost 50 listeners. But we're going to talk with Mr. Mark Jarvis. I uh, reached out to Mark because he was high on Stepniak and Josiah Deguara, but we're going to go through all of them and some of the undrafted free agents because he's been looking at mostly all of these guys. Not everybody, but quite a few of them. So we'll run through that. And uh, tomorrow... I'm going to look at some of these rankings that I've been seeing in tiers and whatnot, and I'm going to just rage because they're starting to really annoy me. I think the plan is actually going to be to lay out my own tiers, but um, not tiers like crying because I'm a man. I'm talking about like, you know, levels. Let's take a break.
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so I want to start today with Mr. Josiah DeGuara because um, I see on my overall big board tight end out of Cincinnati, he is ranked 177th. However, you had him ranked 75th. I think you were the only one that had him as somewhat of a decent value, at least for where the Packers took him, at least the only one that didn't see it as necessarily a reach. So I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about what you saw in DeGuara, what you thought about him, and maybe, you know, first of all, if you even like him, and if so, what what is it that you see in him (laughs) that maybe other people aren't quite seeing in him? Yeah, and I had him as tight end four, and the thing for me with him is, he doesn't have a big body, so you kind of when you look at a typical tight end, you're looking for guys who are 6'5", 6'6", 255, 260 pounds. That's kind of the prototype that you're looking for. Whereas Deguara is more of six two and a half, two forty, and doesn't really meet all those thresholds that teams are going to want. But tested very nicely, he's a solid athlete overall. But I think how they're going to use him is probably in that H-back role. That's how he played at Cincinnati. I think that's what he's most comfortable with because then he doesn't have to really take on the full duties of an inline blocker. And he also doesn't have to go out there and play in the slot as a, as a full-time tight end, out, like a receiving tight end. So um, I think being able to use him as an H-back and kind of move him around a little bit is going to help him out a lot. Yeah, and then um, so the other guy that you had somewhat high was Simon Stepaniak, if I'm even saying that correctly. He was ranked one of the lowest as far as my aggregate big board, 331st overall. The Draft Network had him outside of their top 400, but I saw you had him at 135. In fact, I was actually watching your live stream during the draft, and I saw when they took him, you you kind of perked up a little bit, like, oh, I actually like him better than the first two offensive linemen they took. Mm-hmm. So, again, tell us a little bit about Stepaniak, what it is that you like in him, and maybe a little bit of his upside, because, you know, for me personally, I see a sixth-round three a third out of three offensive linemen taken I don't have any expectations but maybe what what upside do you think he has in terms of possibly being a starter for the team yeah and I perked up because he's a really fun player on tape he's someone who he's going to try to maul his opponent he's very physical very tough has that nasty side to him which if you're getting into that sixth seventh round area really all you want to guard is you you know you're not going to go for that perfect technique guy you're not expecting an instant starter you just want a guy who has the physical ability to go out there and dominate and I think um, he had some really good flashes of that obviously there's a lot to clean up from the technique side of things Um, he's not the most mobile guy but 
the toughness and, and the baseline tools are there, I think, to be a very solid player and probably a, a long-term backup um, who you could play at either guard spot. I think part of the reason why he was overlooked is he tore his ACL late in the year last year, didn't uh, go to the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl because of it, ended up missing the combine outside of the um, outside of the bench press. So he really didn't get to show off anything from an athleticism standpoint or getting on the field for those all-star events. So I think that's what hurt him, not necessarily the fact that he had bad tape. All right, so let's rewind a little bit. We'll go back up to the top. Obviously, the most controversial pick of the entire group was the first-round pick. A lot of hope and excitement in Packer fans wanting to get that elite wide receiver, maybe a linebacker. And they ended up getting Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. Everybody's heard my opinion on him now for several days. Prior to the draft, when I was very low on Jordan Love, I had read through, um, I'm going to blank on his name now, but another uh, Waldman. He had a, a thing on Jordan Love, and it was very, very, very negative. So I'm curious your perspective on Jordan Love, the positives, the negatives, and and also the, the perception I have is he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers to take over this job, but he has to be, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo-esque, you know, at least, or or somewhat of a game manager. So on the upside, what are the odds in your mind of him actually being able to run this offense at an efficient enough level that maybe in three years they say, I think it's time to turn over the reins. That's the thing with love is you, you don't know what you're going to get from that mental side of the game. So you have all the physical tools in the world to work with, but I can't put him out there and say, oh yeah, he's going to be a, a solid game manager. You're really going to go with the gunslinger mentality there if you put Jordan sure. Love out there on the field. I think in a lot of ways it's trying to emulate what the Chiefs did with uh, Patrick Mahomes of get a guy who has fantastic arm talent, who can make every throw, who's a solid athlete and just has really, really good flashes, but someone that is still a little bit of ways, but try to build him up over the next couple of years and turn him into a legitimate, um, you know, full field reading type of guy at quarterback who's going to be able to effectively distribute the ball and not make a lot of some like the baffling decisions that he made while he was still at Utah State. That's the thing for Love is he had so many poor choices and just right. reckless decisions at Utah State. It wasn't even like he had bad accuracy at all. It was just exactly. he just made dumb throws. So if he can kind of clean those up and, and really bring the mental side of it to the NFL level, then I think he has potential to take over here in about two years. So then moving on to A.J. Dillon, and I think this is sort of the, the beginning of the general idea with all the Packers picks, which is I don't necessarily hate it, but I feel like maybe it was a little bit early. A.J. Dillon is, and, and again, we'll get into your particular opinion on him, but I think most people would assume that they, they maybe could have just got him a little bit later, but let's say it was a decent value. What exactly is it you think the Packers were seeing in a guy like A.J. Dillon so that they felt the need to take him in the second round. And again, what is maybe his upside for this team? I think the thing with Dillon going in the second round is that you're kind of where, where he got drafted. You're getting into that tier of running backs where Swift's gone, Dobbins is gone, um, Taylor's gone. All these top guys are gone. Now you're getting into the tier of running backs of, okay, are we drafting this guy to be a rotational running back or are we drafting him to be a full-time starter? And beyond Dylan, I didn't see a lot of guys that had the potential to be full-time starters. Yeah. Now, Dylan's still quite a ways behind. I think right now he's not ready to step into that starting role. But from a pure physical standpoint, he's one of the remaining guys that could have, you know, 
he he has that uh, potential that you know someone like a Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't necessarily have. So I don't mind the pick from a value standpoint, even though he was much lower on my board. Just because if you're betting on the athleticism, um, it's it's worth a second round pick. We're talking about a guy who ran in the four fives and jumped over forty inches in the vert and tested you know lights out across the board. It it over uh, not over two hundred fifty pounds, but he was right on that threshold. So. Um, Height, weight, speed freak who you just got to bet on that type of athleticism. And now since we talked about DeGuaro, we got to skip all the way down to the fifth round, pick 175. The Green Bay Packers finally went and got what was deemed to be a need at linebacker, but they went and got Kamal Martin. He wasn't super high on my board. I couldn't find a single person that was very high on him. But give me a little bit of your thoughts on Kamal Martin. And if there are any sort of redeemable qualities, what is it you think he could possibly bring? I think the size stands out immediately, even though he's not necessarily the most filled out guy. He just has a very nice body for the position, very long. Um, the thing with him is you don't always see that length on the field. You see some flashes in coverage, but tackling radius isn't consistent. Even though he's got the long arms, he's constantly missing. It's just there's too much inconsistency in the run game right now to feel comfortable with him. Smart dude has potential for coverage ability. It's just... He's quite a ways out right now, and it's a question of can he ever get physical enough to play that linebacker role at the next level. So I, I think it's a, a reach relative to where he is as a run defender, but I understand if you're betting on the body. I just wouldn't have taken that early. And then in the sixth round, we got three offensive linemen. We'll run through, obviously, two of them since we did Simon already. But the first of those was Mr. John Runyon out of Michigan. I think the the general perception is that similar to Stepaniak, he's a very physical kind of violent football player, but what is it you saw in Runyon? I didn't see a ton of Runyon. He was one of the guys that didn't make the final cut for uh, okay. all the players that I wrote a report on. But that said, what I did see, I saw a guy who plays a little bit too tall and needs to be a little bit more consistent with his leverage. And I didn't see the type of physicality that I saw with someone like Stepaniak. So um, he was kind of average for me just based on what I saw. But again, I didn't do a full evaluation on him. And then Jake Hansen out of Oregon, the center. Do uh, you love to look at that pedigree? If he was a four-year starter, he has all these accolades. But I have questions about, is he strong enough? He got pushed around a little bit too much. Technique isn't consistent yet. So I'm not very high on him. I had him undrafted um, on my board. And I, I thought it was a little bit of a surprise with his testing numbers and his limitations on tape that he ended up going even in the sixth round. And we're going to, I believe you wanted to skip Vernon Scott because I couldn't find a single <laughs> person that knows anything about Vernon Scott. So we'll, I'll let you off the hook on that one. But I think one of the more interesting picks in this entire draft, and, and this happens every single time, every time there's a seventh round pick that the fans fall in love with and I just roll my eyes and it's like, okay, come on guys, let's relax a little bit. But it was a little bit interesting when I looked at it based on the consensus big boards, the, the fourth highest graded pick that the Packers made in this entire draft class was actually Jonathan Garvin, Ed Rusher out of Miami. He was ranked higher than Hanson and Runyon and Martin and Stepaniak and all these guys. So very curious to hear your thoughts on Jonathan Garvin. Um, obviously, you don't generally expect much from seventh round picks, but a lot of people tend to be a little bit higher up on him. What are some of his traits that get people excited? He's not necessarily the most athletic guy or the most refined with his hand usage, but he has that NFL, you know, starting defensive end type of anchor. And that's something that you can build around. You can kind of work up those other tools and, and improve him from a technical standpoint. But you've got to first and foremost have the anchor to sit down and hold your spot. And he certainly has that um, motor solid too, tested very well um, for a guy his size. So 
I was surprised to see him fall this far. I thought he would end up going somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. That's what I thought the sweet spot was for him. But uh, I guess it was just the lack of polish that scared teams away. But getting him in the seventh round, I, I think you're getting a guy who maybe if you're really, really reaching, you're talking about a developmental starter who's a very low-end starter, but probably more of a depth guy who's going to be a backup for the majority of his career. Fair enough. And then um, I know we wanted to go. We'll, we'll do speed round through some of these undrafted <laughs> free agents. I don't have the list of who you said we would go through. If you have it, otherwise I'll just go through. Yeah, and I got it. Say yay or nay. All right. So I'll, I'll right. kind of let you go. Stanford Samuels. Oh, so Stanford Samuels was an interesting one because he got a little bit of buzz um, from Matt Miller and Matt really liked him for his length. And you can see it a little bit. He's a longer guy. Has the type of body that you want for a physical corner, but I didn't see that type of athleticism that you really need for the position, so that kind of scared me away. He tested pretty poorly as well. Um, I'm not surprised to see him go and draft, considering the testing profile and inconsistencies on tape, but for a you know shot in the dark, throwaway pickup after the draft, I don't mind it. Patrick Taylor, I got some low-key Najee Harris vibes, and I know Najee's coming up in this next draft class, but they're very similar runners in a way of their big physical but Taylor, I didn't see the type of agility that you usually want for a running back. He's not going to make guys miss. He's going to have to go through you. And when you really pressure him in the backfield, he can't adjust and, and get a gap over um, when guys are coming through at him. So there's some limitations, but I think he's kind of in the same vein as an A.J. Dillon, just not as physical, not as um, able um, from a physical standpoint. Um, tip, uh, Tipa Galea, it was kind My, of weird to see him right. not get to test on – go ahead. I was just going to say linebacker out of Utah State as we're still trying to learn who these guys are. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> not not to bulldoze over that, but um, he's undersized. I think he only weighed in around 235, 240, um, but didn't get to test because there was some off-field stuff. They didn't want him testing in the combine and being on TV for whatever reason. But um, the th- thing with him was just he's too small. He's got some bend to him. He's got the burst. He, he's a very interesting developmental edge guy who if you want to just let him loose as a designated pass rusher on third downs there is some intrigue there just needs to clean up um, his hand usage a little bit and be a little bit more consistent with play strength but I I think he has a good shot at getting out of the roster Uh, Daryl Stewart you mentioned and he he's one who's kind of a fringe uh, special teams type wide receiver um, coming out of Michigan State where reliable hands tough physical blocker He's just not the type of player who has the athleticism that you really expect for a receiver at the next level. Um, Jalen Morton, quarterback from Prairie View AM, uh, A&M. I only got a couple of peeks at him because, it, one, it's tough to get your hands on that Prairie View tape. And uh, <laughs> he, he's just a very, um, you know, out there type of player who not, not many people paid attention to. That said, he's got a, a very live arm, a great frame. I think he's like 6'4", 230, somewhere in that ballpark. Very big dude, and he can rip it 65, 70 yards if he wants to. He's just so inconsistent from an accuracy and, and a um, decision-making standpoint right now that he's going to need some time to develop. I don't know if he's going to hang around outside of maybe practice squad, but certainly going to be fun to watch in camp. Offensive tackle from uh, Texas Tech, Travis Bruffy. Um, I actually was a little bit more intrigued by his game than Terrence Steele when I watched them in the summer. Um, I know Steele got some buzz and ended up going uh, later on in the draft, but Bruffy's not as long or as athletic as Steele, but he's tough. He's willing to get after guys and play through the whistle. The question is, does he have the length to stay at tackle? And if not, how is he going to hold up physically on the inside? I think he could be kicked inside to guard. We'll see what happens. And then lastly, the linebacker from UCLA, Chris Barnes. And Barnes, 
I didn't see great range, but I saw enough to really be interested in him. Um, he's not a splash player or anything like that, but just a do-your-job inside linebacker. I don't know if he's going to be able to crack the linebacker group just because he's kind of limited athletically, but I think he has a shot to at least get onto the practice squad. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know uh, I'm bugging you a lot lately trying to get on the show <laughs> and get some insights into this, but I really do appreciate it. So so first of all, tell us again, remind everybody where they can find you in your work. But second of all, how's that uh, that draft guy coming along? Did you finish that? I did not. I'm What I'm planning on doing is I'm uh, going to turn it into a post-draft guide where okay. I'm putting it all out together, but I'm also having kind of a post-draft analysis where every pick the team makes, and I'll go over a couple of their free agents that I liked as well and kind of put that out as, as a as a two-piece um, release. So I will have that out here in about a week, week and a half, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan. Um, and then you can find me at www.whatsondraftnfl.com. Kicking over to the 2021 draft here soon uh, on Twitter at What's On Draft NFL. So uh, pretty easy to find. Pretty easy to find my work, both the databases, uh, whether you're looking back at the 2020 stuff or the, the upcoming 2021 draft. Uh, it's all there. Awesome, man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for having me on.